So I guess I have some good news and bad news for you all tonight, going back to uh, last weekend. The good news is, unlike the last time we saw Casey Lawrence out there on the mound, I will not be defending his performance as a gutsy appearance. Some people texting in about that uh, last week. The other half of that is the bad news, of course, which is that the reason we're not going to be defending him tonight is that he got... I don't, I don't know if shelled is the right word, but when you go two and two-thirds, seven hits, five earned runs, no walks, no strikeouts, and two, the, two home runs given up. Dylan Moore hitting a home run, kind of hitting a home run to uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., which pops out of the glove into the Blue Jays' bullpen. Cal, Cal Raleigh with the line drive home run as well. I, I Honestly, I kind of thought early on in this one, we'd be having the conversation about, ah, the Lourdes Gurriel Jr. flyout turned home run. That was the one that squeezed him. Bad luck for Casey Lawrence. Not much you can do on that one. And then the third inning came around, and let me tell you, that was ugly, right? Like, once once that happened, and you can never really say die at any point in this ballgame, or at any, any ballgame, really, with these, uh, with these bats. When you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and you have... Bo Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez and Alejandro Kirk and all these guys, when you have these guys in the lineup, you never say die, right? But Marco Gonzalez isn't exactly the type of pitcher to give up a six-run lead. In fact, I would say pretty much none of the Mariners' starting pitchers have had too many bad outings, especially in this stretch that has now seen them win 13 of 16 games, eight of the last 10 since that brawl against the Angels and I don't know. Gonzalez kind of looked like he was on autopilot from the third inning onwards. I know there was some a little trouble here and there, but ultimately you will take six and two thirds, three runs, just two of them earns no walks. You take that if you're the Mariners all day, every day. Jays lose eight to three, of course, to the Mariners tonight in the first of four in Seattle as we welcome you in to Jays Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you for a little while. We're here until 25 minutes past the hour. I know the CRTC rules don't allow for this necessarily, but I kind of sometimes wish, especially now that it's past 1 a.m. on the East Coast, I kind of wish when we had these little late-night Jays talks that we could, like, cuss every now and again. Honestly, like, we're not allowed to, but after games like this, it just seems like it would, like, punctuate things pretty well, right? Really accent things. (laughs) No, No potty mouths for us here. This is a family program. Unless Barker is on, in which case, uh, all bets are off. No, I'm kidding. He's not listening anyway, so who cares? I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Text me at 590-590. Name and location. We'll get to this 8-3 loss to the Mariners. And uh, let's start with the Bonda opener, right? He only went a third of an inning. One out. He got pulled. He allowed the walk to Rodriguez. Hits to France and Crawford. He had that really strange play where he didn't really get back to the bag. Ben was talking about it. He, he described it, I think, very accurately as a, a, a receiver trying to stay inbounds, doing the tiptoe sideline catch thing, because he didn't really, like, his body moved in a weird way and just completely missed the first base bag. Carlos Santana drives in a run. Uh, I believe that was his first run as a member of the of the Mariners. Uh, that, but that does it for, for Bonda. You know, leashes are are generally short for openers, so I get it in that regard, but... If it was going to be that short, why not just start Casey Lawrence, right? Or better, why not just start Max Castillo, right? I like I I kind of understand in my head not using Max Castillo as the opener given that he either might be needed to boost Stripling tomorrow or to come in emergency starter after Lawrence, which is exactly what ended up happening, or what's further 
You might imagine that you need Castillo to start for Gossman in case Gossman can't go on Sunday. But using Castillo, to me, has got to feel like a loss. Right? It's got to feel like he was he was recalled just today. You ideally want him, again, available tomorrow for Stripling or for Sunday start. But using him today as your escape rope, in a way, it, it just feels kind of like a loss even within the overall 8-3 loss that was the actual game. I know he, he gave up the, the massive dinger to uh to you you eugenio suarez but uh, outside of that i actually thought he was pretty solid all things considered right i mean i think i i would say since he has come up and again he gave up some true meatballs to the yankees and he said afterwards after that father's day game i think it was the the sunday game of that yankee series and he came up and he kind of said he was nervous a little bit and ultimately it didn't matter but uh since then i think he has largely impressed Again, in relative relative to the rest of the pitching <laughs> pitching department, there right three innings, one hit, one run, which of course was the uh, Suarez homer. Five strikeouts over three innings pitched. He threw forty one pitches, twenty eight of them were strikes. And again, I thought what what you saw from Castillo was great. And I guess the immediate inclination is to think, well, Castillo getting in there means for sure. Gosman is starting on Sunday. I don't think that's necessarily the case. They just had to get arms in there because they were trying to win this ball game. And uh, the unfortunate reality is that it now defer- further depletes an already light bullpen for the rest of this whole series, right? Again, three innings of work. It's a role I like for him. But if he didn't get the start today, I just don't, I don't really understand that if that was even a slight possibility, right? I get that the game plan changes based on what happens in game and Castillo enters based on what happens in the third inning with the, uh, with, with Florence and so on. But if he's obvious, if you believe he is that much more effective, just give him the first inning instead of Bonda, have the quick hook and go from there, right? Let, let Sergio Romo get the start as an opener for an inning, then go from there. Like just literally if, I just don't understand placing the game again to begin. And he only let up the one run initially Bonda, but placing the game in front of him instead of pretty much anyone else, right? Like I just, I I don't know. It, 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 it kind of baffles me right on. Maybe you should have used Castillo tonight and off the, on the off chance. Gosman can't go on Sunday. Then then you start Casey Lawrence because you have to. And, And the way it worked tonight, you had to use both of them. Now what happens if Gosman can't go again? Does it mean he is more likely to go? I don't think that necessarily changes, but I admit the decision to get Bonda as a guy who has been with the organization with what, less than a week. Uh, it's, it's kind of a puzzling one to me. I, again, I'm not uh, opposed to using openers and I'm not sure if the organization only did it out of desperation and maybe they're philosophically, they don't like doing it. Cause you heard Ben on during the broadcast. They just don't do it all that often, but Using Bonda as the guy does uh, does particularly jump out at me. Uh, let's uh, get to the text line here, 590-590. <laughs> this text gave me a good chuckle uh, in a kind of like a sad way. Well, there's no name on this one, but the number is from a GTA area code here in, uh, in the East Coast. Well, at least Jeff Blair didn't have to stay up late for this clunker. Not an MLB pitcher, Casey Lawrence. Uh, yeah. Well, what about us? What, what about me, Tom and Ben? We had to stay up late for this clunker. Uh, you know what? Jeff's probably happy. Jeff probably went to bed like, like 90 minutes ago. And you know what? I don't blame him. Like right now, nine hours right ahead from right now, Jeff will be on the radio. So he's almost 98% sure sleeping. But uh, yeah, I'm glad he, I'm glad he'll only have to wake up and watch the highlights instead of having to watch this entire almost three hour ball game. Uh, Randy in blind river. 
And uh, Rand, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Blind River is near somewhere near Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, that general area. I've never been there, but I hear it's nice. Uh, Randy in Blind River, Ontario. It's a shame that management and scouting can't seem to find quality pitching. Time is running out to find quality before other teams make moves because pitching is always wanted and needed. Jays could find themselves outside looking in with players starting to wonder what is the management doing. I think the point about finding quality before other teams make moves is a good one because I like there are, there are rumors. I don't know how credible these rumors are, but there are rumors out there that the Yankees are sniffing around Luis Castillo and that the Astros are sniffing around Wilson Contreras. Not, not that the blue Jays are going to go out and add another catcher. That's not happening. Right. But I'm just saying the, the other contending teams. And again, I know you're, what you're thinking. Like, Oh, the, are, the blue Jays are being lumped in as contenders. I'll get to that in two seconds, but other contending teams are going out there and being proactive about making moves. Now, we haven't seen a ton of them yet, which, which implies to me that the asking price for someone like a Castillo or someone like a David Bednar or someone like a Scott Barlow, Gregory Soto, we keep coming back to that name a couple times. It implies to me that the price is still extremely high. So maybe between now, now July 8th on the East Coast and August 2nd or 3rd, whatever the trade deadline is, it's a couple days after the end of July, I would imagine it means we're still not going to see any major trades for a lot of people between now and at least maybe the all-star break. I would be surprised if anything major happened before the all-star break, which I know you kind of groan and roll your eyes when you say that because there's still three games left in this series against the Mariners. There's the day off on the Monday, July 11th, I believe the two game series against the Phillies and then the four game set against the Royals. And again, though no teams should be considered pushovers at this point. I remember I did like a look ahead through the games for the rest of July and saying, well, upside a series against the Red Sox and maybe one other series. I think there's a Cardinals series in there. For the most part, there are a lot of winnable games in there, right? You would think the Mariners series is somewhat winnable. You would have thought the Oakland series was a winnable series. I think there's one coming up. Like I said, the four gamer against the Royals before the all-star break. There's a one against the Tigers, I believe before the end of the month. Honestly, you should based on the expectations created for this team. And I'm definitely a part of that. The, you should be expecting wins in basically all of those series. But uh, right now I feel like you can't, you can't expect anything from this team because they have been so, so darn inconsistent. But the idea, I, I will say on the, on the idea of contenders, the Yankees are contenders. The Astros are contenders in the AL as a whole. Beyond that though, like our, Every, like there is a, a huge log jam for essentially third place all the way through to the final wild card, right? I know the way it's going to shake out is going to end up being the uh, probably going to be what? Like the Twins are probably going to win the AL Central. Maybe the White Sox come back and win. But I mean, are the Angels going to make the playoffs if they're not winning the division? Probably not, which is crazy to say, considering they have two generational players in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I actually can't even comprehend not making the playoffs when you have two guys playing like that. I actually do legitimately think Shohei is maybe kind of sort of closing the gap on uh, on Aaron Judge, which might be like a wild thing to say based on all the pitching stuff. But my point is simply that there is a lot of teams jammed up there for third place, right? Whether you want to call them the Twins, the Guardians, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Blue Jays, I don't know, anyone else. The Maybe the Mariners are creeping up there. I don't know, right? But my point is that if you just make the playoffs, truly the chaos that is baseball can mean anything can happen. No one would be all that surprised if the Astros beat the Yankees in, in to get to go to the World Series, for example, in the ALCS, if that's what happens. No one would be all that surprised if other teams were in the AL either, right? That's just the sheer chaos of baseball. But I do like Randy's point because if the Yankees go out and get Luis Castillo or the Yankees and, or Astros or the Red Sox go out and get 
Scott Barlow or something, or even if an NL team goes out and get one, gets one of those guys, it just means one less asset the Blue Jays can grab, and uh, that's... That's that's that would be a real shame if 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 you see the return again. Hindsight is what it is, but it would be a real shame if you if you miss out on some guys because of that. Uh, real quick, I see a, a text from Andre in Nanaimo, BC. I was actually thinking about you today, Andre, because I remember you texted in. I forget when it was at some point during the Oakland series, maybe right before. And uh, we were talking about what I, I was curious whether or not you were going to go down to Seattle. Uh, <laughs> Andre says, I- I'm sure glad I decided to stay home than spend a ton of dollar signs going to Seattle. Excuses are over. Face facts. The team can't pitch, can't hit and can't run. All-star game. You can't be serious. The only ones that deserve mention, in my opinion, is Kirk and Manoa. And uh, you know what? I don't entirely disagree. I will say this real quick before we get, go to break. I uh, I was voting for all stars relatively reasonably. I think like I was I was voting for I, I definitely voted for Kirk a couple times. I voted for uh, well, I mean you can't vote for pitchers, but I would have voted for Manoa if I could. I think I did throw a couple of votes George Springer's way. Maybe I threw a couple the way of uh, the way of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But I mean, generally speaking, I think I voted for Jose Altuve. I think I voted for Jose Ramirez. Right at second, at third base, uh, I definitely voted for Tr- Judge and Trout, and about, I, I was I voted for Tim Anderson over Bo. Honestly, I did. I'll I'll be completely honest. But then Canada Day came around <laughs> across Major League Baseball, and not only did they not acknowledge Canada Day in any way, shape, or form across any feeds for Major League Baseball, but that by the end of the weekend on July fourth, they made the Blue Jays wear those ridiculous hats. And if you remember. Those hats were already had to be kind of changed around a little bit because they had like the stars and stripes on them and people didn't like that, obviously, because this is not an American baseball franchise. So, they, But they still had to wear those awful, ugly hats and all they did, I mean, I get it. America's pastime is what baseball is called. So I get it. I get that they're going to go hard on July 4th, but that they did that for the to the Blue Jays and then didn't acknowledge Canada Day at all. You know what? I went and I voted for every single Blue Jay on the ballot. Bo Bichette, Santiago Espinal, George Springer, Lourdes Correale Jr., Oscar Hernandez, Jordan Alvarez, who? No, I voted for everyone. That's a, is that petty? Absolutely, it's petty. 1,000% it is, but I still did it. I, and you know what? I'm not ashamed. Uh, you're listening to Jay Sock here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will get back to the text line at 590-590, name and location. Still a couple of minutes left. You can squeeze me one, and we'll try and get through a bunch here on the other side of the break. But again, you're listening to Jay Sock here, Show Alley with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you for a couple more minutes as we break down this 8-3 loss for the Blue Jays at the hands of the Mariners in Seattle. The first of four, Casey Lawrence. Well, I guess he didn't get the start today. Anthony Bonda got the start. Casey Lawrence getting the bulk roll, but certainly neither of them were very good. Casey Lawrence getting beat up in the third inning, getting uh, the quick hook. And uh, tomorrow in game two of four, I guess later today here on the East Coast, we'll get Ross Stripling will go to the mound and uh, George Kirby, the rookie, George Kirby is penciled in for the Mariners. Uh, Let's do a quick check of the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. The Yankees got a grand slam and a solo home run back to back 
from Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks today. Uh, the Yankees are now 60 and 23. They have a win- that is a winning percentage of 723. I do think there's probably going I don't think the bottom is going to fall out by any means. They're probably not going to win like 130 games or whatever <laughs> whatever it is, but still that they have 60 game uh 60 wins, pardon me, at this point in the season is truly absurd. Uh the Tampa Bay Rays, I believe they were off today. Uh, but they are 45 and 37. The Red Sox were on the other side of that Yankees 6-5 win, so they are now 45 and 38. The Blue Jays are 45 and 39, so they are a half game back of the Red Sox and a full game back of the Rays. And the Baltimore Orioles won today. They beat the Angels 4 to 1. They are 40 and 44. Fun fact, if you put the uh, Baltimore Orioles in the AL Central, they would be just slightly behind the Cleveland Guardians, which is pretty crazy. So I think that just speaks to how uh Maybe not good, but how much better than expected a season the Orioles are having. But yeah, again, they win a four to one, and that's our bet three six five standings update. Uh, some people texting in about the uh, the offense here. I see Tim from Cranbrook. Please comfort me, give me hope before heading to Seattle tomorrow. Why is his offense underperforming? Look, I'll say this, Tim in Cranbrook, BC. Uh, I'll say this, George Kirby. I think. In his entire career, to, uh, and he's pitching on, uh, on on Friday for the Mariners, he hasn't pitched a whole lot, period. He has made 11 starts. I guess tomorrow will be the 12th. And he has, I believe it's something like 67 and two-thirds across single-A and double-A combined in all of last year. And then, of course, before that, the 2020 season was lost to the pandemic. So for the for the minor leagues, at the very least. So not a lot of pro baseball George Kirby has seen in the course of his major league career. Now, again, we have also seen uh, guys who have not thrown a ton in the majors come in and shove against the Blue Jays. So would you be entirely surprised if George Spring, or pardon me, George Kirby uh, came in and did some nasty things to this Blue Jays lineup? No, the way things are going this season, I don't think anyone would be too, too shocked, but I will say I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to tomorrow night to see the second time through the order for uh, the Blue Jays against uh, George Kirby. That's definitely something I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. Um, I wanted to get, the, get to this too real quick. That Vladimir Guerrero Jr. RBI single in top of the fifth. We're at baseball control, so it's tough to see exactly what happened, but it just kind of seemed that Vladdy decided the half inning was over, right, when Bo scored. He powered down after rounding first, and yes, like maybe there was a chance he thought Bo might have gotten thrown out, so he sacrifices himself to make sure they pay attention to him, but... Bo was getting home pretty easily, it looked like, right? And Vladdy just stopped between the bases. Like, there's no real reason, in my opinion, to at least make Eugenio Suarez, who had already made a wild throw that scored a run for Toronto early on, to at least make him make the throw. Get in a rundown. Maybe something happens. Is that the only reason they lost this game? Absolutely not. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand, right? It's not. But this game, this game was lost for a number of reasons, but... That will not help the perception of this team being one that doesn't take things seriously. Running out plays like that, running out ground balls. And again, maybe it's like an injury thing. You want to risk yourself pulling a hammy or coming up lame on a slide to the bag. I don't know, something like that, right? Maybe you don't want to risk it. But at the same time, a lot of people text in at 590-590. Lots of people text in and say, man, this team is is kind of, they, they don't look like they're pushing it to the next level out there or taking it to the next gear. And you know what? I find it hard sometimes to, I, I try and, and, and fight back against that because these guys are professional athletes. And I think they, generally speaking, do try as hard as they can. But seeing that tonight, honestly, I looked at Ben and he can, we kind of we eyed each other and we're kind of like, ah, that was weird. That was weird, right? It just, it's, again, is it the be all, end all, the crux 
of the Jays' problems type of thing? No, but it definitely rubbed me the wrong way. I'll say that. I also sympathize with Bradley Zimmer, who got smoked on that right elbow by the Gonzalez pitch. I absolutely crushed my elbow in the doorframe the other night. I couldn't feel my left arm for like 10 minutes. Bradley Zimmer took a major league pitch to the elbow and stayed in this game, so kudos to Zimmer on that one. Uh, appreciate all the texts tonight. That does it for Jay's Talk. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. Jays lose tonight to the Mariners, 8-3 in Seattle in the first of four. And tomorrow, we will get game two Friday night as Ross Stripling will go for the Jays. The rookie George Kirby penciled in for the Mariners. For Tom Young, I'm Show Ali. Have a great rest of your evening, everyone. We will talk to you on Friday night.